Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock. Today's episode is it's going to be a bit insidery. It's a bit, honestly, about patting ourselves on the back. But more than anything, it's the best way on this platform to let you know the best stuff that's coming your way from our brand. Plainly put, we are relaunching Golf Magazine. It's this thing that's been in the process for a long time. And yeah, it's a cliche, but this thing is bigger and better than it has ever been. And it is turning 60 this year, so it's a great time to do so. It required millions of dollars in investment, and you absolutely see it in the product. And honestly, beyond that, it required that much and more in just time investment, man hours. Two of those men are here in studio today. We've got David Denunzio, editor-in-chief, and David Kirkarito. He's a creative director. David and David, they are both here to discuss the process of recreating one of the standards in golf media, the ins and outs of figuring out what golfers want, what they'll read, what they'll get out of it all, and how to pack this really expansive game into the pages of a monthly magazine. Seriously, if you go out and get the magazine, you're going to see Dustin Johnson on the cover. There is a gigantic instructional feature written by Dylan DeCher that incorporates DJ's driving tips, John Rahm's iron play, and Jason Day on putting. He's the best putter in the world. I think we kind of nailed that one. There are other stories. There's Alan Shipnuck diving deep into the murder of a collegiate golfer last summer. We've got a story about a guy who really deserves to play Augusta National, but has not. And we've got Josh Sens going to Vietnam to play golf. It's all really good stuff. That's just the feature well. So enough of me. Let's get to them. David and David. It's the beginning of January. It's January 14th, right? Yep. And this whole process starts a lot earlier than January 14th. Like when and where does the process begin? Oh, oh God. When uh, did we start? Was it October? October. October. Early October. Um, we had been with, uh, golf had moved from timing to our new owner, Emigrant Bank. Uh, that deal closed on February, early February of uh, 2018. By May, we had moved from our former downtown offices to uh, 6 East 43rd here on the uh, near Grand Central. And uh, with a few months of us kind of taking um, taking up shop here, we got the uh, mandate from our new owner, Howard Milstein. Um, Mr. Milstein, an immigrant, owned several golf brands, um, Nicholas Design, uh, TruSpec Golf, um, Mira, Golf Logics. These are kind of high-end premium brands. Uh, and even though Golf Magazine and Golf Golf Magazine in particular was entering, entering its 60th year um, over the last five, um, it hadn't really been invested in or cared for much by its former owner. And um, from the get-go, I think Howard saw this as, a, as an opportunity to reinvest in the golf brand and bring it up to the standards of his other golf properties. And that's about October time when we were told, get to it. And... Um, Job one in that uh, process was looking for um, a design team that could carry out kind of the new aesthetic of the new golf magazine, and that's what brought us to uh, David Kirk. They Rito. found us in the back of uh, it, the Village Voice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We answered a uh, Craigslist ad. Um, David hadn't wor- David hadn't that. been working in a while. Um, designer and cook available. <laughs> I think people that are going to listen to this are going to be interested in knowing, like, why was it necessary? You said that there maybe not had been as great of an investment over the past five years in prior ownership, but like, even from a visual aspect, why was this necessary? 
I, I can say being in this business for a long time that um, uh, the way the, the magazine business has been going had been going that um, companies big companies were looking for ways to save money and unfortunately first place they would start was was with paper the second was with scaling down mm-hmm. important design people who actually kind of know what they're doing yeah they make it look pretty they make it look pretty Um and that's been a trend for the last five or more years. Mm-hmm. I was pushed out of Hearst somewhat just mm-hmm. because, I mean, I kind of, I, I left, but. You made the, too much the, money. I made too much money. Yeah. I, and that's about, yeah, thank you. I was stumbling there, but I made, I was making too much money. And uh, they kind of got rid of, uh, they kind of got rid of the high paid creative directors. Um, Where were you working though? I was at uh, Esquire magazine for 12 years. And before that, I was at a magazine uh, called uh, uh, Complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, launched that. Before that, I was with The Source magazine, which was a hip-hop magazine, American Express, and the publishing, and the list goes on. So my whole career is, has been this. And there's been a steady decline in uh, not wanting to pay top dollar for creative. And the product suffers immediately. It's the first thing you notice. First, it's paper. Yeah. They cut the they cut the paper budget, yeah. and then they start to cut the creative. And and golf was just a symptom of of, of yeah. that. It's been very cool that somebody Howard, somebody like Howard, has wanted to invest uh, time and money into into this product. It's kind of rare and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even during the uh, the darker days near the end of our time at Time Inc., um, the reporting was still there, the storytelling was there, the We've always had great contributors in the top one teacher, top 100 teachers in America and uh, various reporters across the country. It had just kind of lost its luster a little bit. And we would get comments from, you yeah, know, this is great stuff. You know, love, still love Golf Magazine. Uh, but then you would hold it up to uh, a certain light, a page, and you'd see through it. It was just, that was how, that was, as David mentioned, the, the, the money immediately ran away from the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but Howard sees this as something else. Like we all do the game, we, we see golf as uh, beautiful. We see golf as colorful. It's a, a joy to play, and it's a joy to be a golfer. And really, that was kind of what we ha- had in mind when trying to reimagine this 60-year-old title was put the joy back into it, put the color back into it. And uh, thankfully, our owner was able to see the path toward reinvesting in paper, number one, and reinvesting in quality design, uh, which David and his team certainly have brought to the table. What was the question, though? Yeah. The- <laughs> I forgot the original question. <laughs> I think we can move on to the next one. Okay. The, the question was, why was it? I think it- we answered it, though. Yeah, you answered it for sure. The magazine is, the product is going to be different, and it's, in many ways, it's bigger. For one, it's pretty blatant. You yeah. see it on the newsstand, it's bigger. It looks completely different. At some point, you had to realize what the building blocks of it were. Yeah. And I just want you to list off the building blocks and how you figured when you're starting this out, like which building blocks of it are most necessary. Well, having the initial conversation with Howard was really important. A few conversations. Um, what he wanted was a designer's dream. He wanted something that resembled a coffee table book, mm-hmm. something that was collectible. For me, as a, as a creative director, that is like those are the magic words. Um, so immediately we discussed. Um, David and I discussed enlarging the size of the of the page um, to make it feel more unique than any other print publication out there, just to increase the size of it and to clean it up. Yeah, I mean, we 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 could have 
done it several different ways. Um, you know, Lux, I think, is a, is a good word to describe. It is beautiful. Um, but at some point, it can't get so luxurious that it loses why it's here in the first place. And, I, you know, as a reader of Golf Magazine since I was 12 years old and an employee of the title for 12 years, um, it, it has a purpose. Its purpose is to help people um, better enjoy their golfing experience, whether it's uh, playing better or going on a golf trip or buying new gear. Those are the, the pillars of Golf Magazine. It's pure service journalism. So even though we were going to make it upscale, feature better photography, a more elegant design, we never were going to get away from our service roots. That's, our, our service that's a journalism challenge. Is, is, so it, it is a challenge because it's a manual. In that regard, it's a manual. Um, what happened, this just happens to be very a very good-looking manual now. Lux just means a few things to me. It means mm-hmm. a whiter page, a more more breathing room, less crammed, better photography. And the challenge that I was mentioning before was incorporating all of those important factors, all those wonderful editorial uh, elements into the page and actually create room for more mm-hmm. Surprises, correct. Yeah. So it's a it's a really interesting balance. Yeah, I think if you've been receiving the magazine or buying the magazine for any amount of time and you're familiar with it, and when you hold this February issue in your hands and you thumb through it, uh, hopefully you know read it. We hope. Uh, yeah, a couple things are obvious. One, it it is bigger. Um, you know, roughly an inch bigger on both sides. Uh, the paper is heavier. Uh, it is. Uh, the picture we have of Dustin Johnson on the cover features just his name. Mm-hmm. It's a very atmospheric kind of, you know, invigorating shot, inspirational shot of Dustin, not something in your face, you know, how to drive the ball 50 yards longer, which was a service blurb that we probably used more than once in our history. Um, but you, 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 you will find more in this. Uh, it's in a weird way. It is more luxurious and elegant, but there's a ton more information in this book than it has ever featured in its life. I mean, we, took a stick of dynamite and placed it under every page. And as we rebuilt things, um, maybe it's just because of we had more you know, bigger room to work with, wider margins that we felt like we could um, create more departments, introduce more, more writers, but more layers, layers to it. To yeah, it, it. Still looks, it still looks very clean and, and clean and nice. I love the analogy of, of sticking dynamite under it and blowing up every page, but that is inherently tricky, right? Like in order to take what I – believe are like really good columnists alan shipnook michael bamberger guys that do their job really really well mark brody throw him in there mm-hmm. and in order to stick dynamite under them and like blow them up and then put them back together with all the other feature wells and and the other pillars of the magazine like what parts of that are i guess are you most proud of that have, have come out of the, the new mag well you mentioned michael bamberger and alan shipnook um they're probably most happy. They got more room for their monthly columns. Yeah. Uh, Cause we saw that, that, that if we were going to improve the magazine, uh, we would give our best voices proper space. Part of that is features. Yep. And there are some really, really incredible features in this first issue. And I mean, that's the goal. Every single issue, right. Is to have that type of hard hitting features that people will sit down for as if it's a coffee table book. One of those is Shipnook's story on the Iowa state, the, the slain Iowa State golfer. Yeah. And that is that is a, a tricky story to assign for the first, the, the relaunch of your magazine. It's incredible. It's well done. It's over 5,000 words. Can you explain a little bit of why that story needed to be in this magazine? 
And it, it, it was tricky. Uh, all along, we saw the reimagination of, of the book as a celebration of the game. Now, does uh, the tragic uh, murder of a collegiate golfer fit that mold? Hmm. Um, probably not. And we, we debated whether or not this, uh, this story belonged in this issue um, at all. But we have to be the book that does stories uh, nobody else can, whether they're afraid to or they don't have the uh, resource of uh, an Alan Shipnuck who was who by himself was able to seemingly talk to everyone who had uh, a stake in this tragic story from the parents of Celia herself, her teammates and coaches at Iowa State, uh, local law enforcement. Uh, it was uh, it's an impressive piece of reporting. Uh, in our celebration issue, our inaugural issue, we saw this as a platform to celebrate someone who should still be with us today. How do we, how do we still retain the, the, the spirit and the love of this game and, and make it interesting for other people outside of golf to read it as well? Because this story is, is compelling. We have some uh, really amazing stories coming up in, in the next issue as well that, that really touch anybody, mm-hmm. touch these amazing struggles. Um, I, I don't know. I think it fit perfectly it, it, within the issue. It makes a per, it creates a perfect balance. Yeah, it is perfect in in a word. I, I'm in my opinion, and I think that I think the article itself is worthy of of awards. Like in both the sense, like I don't want to read that article online. I want to read it in a magazine because <laughs> the imagery is so dominant. Eric and, Ogden yeah. uh, is a is a photographer that I've been working with uh, over the years and. Um, but that's important to, to a magazine. That's exactly you, why you buy well, it's a magazine. Important, it's important to any story, to be quite honest. It doesn't matter that it's in print, no matter where it lives. It's it's finding the right, setting the right tone visually because people look at the photos first before they look at anything. The photos and the typography are going to pull you into the story to read to read it. Um, so it's a very as something as sensitive as this. You have to dig deep. You have to. You can't be offensive. You have to be sensitive to the family. You have to be sensitive to the reader. Um, it's a it's a real it's a real big balance. And um, you know, we we open the story with some haunting images of the place of her murder. Um, it's um, a full page. It's a full page. It shows the path. Yeah, it shows the path, um, and that pulls you in. It's a compelling shot. It's Incredible. dark and it's sad and it's and it's. And it, it leads you into this story perfectly. Um, Eric did an amazing job. Um, it's the kind of photography that David expressed that he wanted in the magazine and Howard. It, it just works for the type of the editorial mission that they're, they're going to see through here. I think the product in general, now, this could seem like an advertisement for Golf Magazine, right? Because we're talking about it and we put it together. But it's worthy of a podcast because it's going to change a lot of people's minds about what they're getting from us in, in their mailbox or on the newsstand. I think it's a combination of the best aspects of some really great magazines. And I knew this, but there is a lot of Esquire in what I see in it. Yeah. In, well, it's I hard to avoid in a good because way. I was yeah. Esquire with a number of other great people. We were, and I get the same feeling from this magazine that I had at Esquire, the same camaraderie and the same goal to do great work. And that's what excites me about being a part of this is yeah. that I'm able to do me and me was Esquire. Mm-hmm. So, and me golf, hopefully now, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, it's just funny the way things have worked out. I've always felt if I ever had the opportunity to, you know, do an overhaul of this magazine, 
that I would make it look like the great Esquire magazines I enjoyed in the early 2000s and had no idea who was responsible for them until uh, we were David and I were paired together. So it's, yeah, it's, it's weird how it's, it's worked by, out. It was, it was yeah. really by chance, you know. I mean, they actually offered the job to somebody else. They wanted somebody else, and he wasn't available. And this guy's a friend of mine, and he called me one day, and he said, hey, you uh, you interested in golf? And I'm like, I love golf. And he, and he said, well, I was like, what's up? And he's like, well, I don't really want it because golf, number one, and magazines, number two. And I was like, well, it's right up my alley. And... <laughs> um, I worked really hard on getting this job, and I really, I really wanted it because um, it, it just really excited me. And yeah. I, I, you know, as I've told, as I've told other people, you know, I, we, my wife and I own our own business, and and uh, we've been working on a bunch of projects that have been fruitful but soulless, and I don't like that feeling. I, I want to dig into something and really, really make make something cool and work with great people mm-hmm. who, who have a common goal to make great stories and great pictures. Yeah. Kirk Arito's enthusiasm was palpable in the first meeting. And, um, obviously I was excited and ev- I think everyone on the floor got the bug. Uh, even many of the people who, yeah, you could argue that a majority of their time is dedicated to, uh, our social channels or the website. Everyone, everyone wanted to play a part in the, the, the relaunch of, of the, print product um it was a lot of fun to do uh we were still doing um the previous iteration of the magazine so this whole process was kind of like changing the tires on the car while it's already moving but it was that's right and we i just felt like we were we you'd count it down like we're gonna we're gonna shift this thing in a month it's like oh we're gonna get these issues in next week it's going to press and it, it was great to uh finally hold it in our hands and um you know Unfortunately, you got to do it. Flying uh, by the seat of your pants, but that's the best way to work. That's what I'm most one, creative. Another that's, one. Yeah, another one. Yeah. I'm most creative when I'm terrified. So yeah, yeah. same here. <laughs> the, the reason I brought up Esquire is because I think I think you can see Esquire in the pages, but I think you also see like a Sports Illustrated Gary Smith story in Shipnuck story, and I think you see some of maybe the service level uh, elements that I think GQ does really well in in this magazine. So I think it's many aspects of a lot of great magazines yeah. into I, one. I, I think over time, when you spend enough time in magazines, you tend to know what you like. Over and just, it's, yeah, you it's absorb kind of, things through osmosis. Yeah, they, so those are all the, the titles you mentioned, I, I think, are very fine magazines. And maybe through osmosis, you just always had um, the vision of what would that look like if it was if it dealt with golf and not like fashion or well, the exciting, bars or what really know, excites me about this is actually moving forward because now that now that we've just redesigned it uh, it's not going to remain the same i mean we have the we have the we have the basic elements for for what we need to do but it it's going to mature and develop and change as as the issues go on as as we discover new things about the magazine itself and and how, how, what the what the um what the overall flavor is and, and you know, it, it's just, just work. It's always, it's always a work in progress. That's why I've always felt over or, or in my career is I'm always chasing something. I'm always chasing something to, to, to become better. Yeah. Last question. You probably have, you, you both have good experience in launching and relaunching magazines, titles. Uh, what's more difficult or how is it different relaunching something that's been 60 years old or 
launching it when you kind of have complete say over everything. And I mean, from your perspective, you're coming into something that's 60 years old. There has to be a little bit well, of like my tr- last title was uh, older. 85 yeah. years old. So it's, it's daunting, but you know, you look at what's been done in the past, but you don't dwell on it. Okay. And you never look back, always look forward, learn from the past and don't repeat the past, create, create, you know, create yeah. something new, new and unique. Um, With that in mind, like, was there a particular aspect of the process that was the trickiest, like, to say goodbye to or the trickiest to change? Like, was there an element that you're like, I don't know if we can get, let go of that? I didn't feel that way. Um, I, I understand what you're saying. Was one harder than the others? No, I think the it was the 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 prospect of what we could achieve with the magazine um, that was um, exciting to the point where I didn't care let what anything we, go. that that we that we could save anything. Yeah, well, what, that what makes any sense. What were you talking about specifically? Like, what would you what would you think? Uh, I th- I think it just I saw a product that was good, and I think you guys have made something that's great, and I just feel like there are some very obvious differences and there's a lot of like a lot of things that have stayed the same yet have been reimagined. And I feel like that whole, like changing every little of those bits, there had to be a part where it's like, I don't know. I really liked how it was or for someone who's worked here for 12 years. Yeah. I, I think maybe if you had to peg something as the biggest risk, um, you know, coming from holding the title of instruction editor say. of, yeah. of uh, for instruction editor for you know a decade was uh, moving the instruction from the front of the book it's yep. traditional home to the back mm-hmm. um, and then moving gear which was always kind of buried in the back of the book uh, to the fore um, I that's I know. was I was scared to work actually I was scared to work on the now uh, the, the lesson section which is now uh, yeah previously instruction right yeah I was terrified to work on that because of him. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's, you were terrified of me. I was terrified. <laughs> well, you know, because I'm not, you know, I'm not my, I'm a shitty handicap and uh, I am not worthy of uh, yeah. working on the uh, lesson section. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, but it's, it's, it's a learning process. Yeah. No, that, may, that may sound stupid to most people. It's like, oh, you were worried about moving the instruction section to the back. You know, what's wrong with you? Who cares? I mean, it, you do care after a while. Um, instruction is very important to this title. Um, it's part of the service journalism package that makes this thing what it is, um, why it's popular. Um, there are only two large golf publications left on planet Earth, really, mm-hmm. and it's us and Golf Digest, and it's because we remain true to our service roots. Um, but I always felt if the people who wanted the instruction are going to find it out regardless of where you put it. It's actually a better package, to yeah. be honest. It's 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 really easily accessible in the magazine. And, you know, just because it's in the back, it's very comprehensive. It's all, it's got a, a very cohesive look, um, and it's there's a lot of it. It's you could just page take a day to page through the the lesson section. Nineteen pages of yeah. instruction. Yeah. That's that's big and, for us. Yeah, considering the section, give credit where credit is due. Um, I think with with the the lessons section, what helped that is that we had um, kind of a newbie on staff to um, help envision that. Um, the new head of instruction here at golf mm-hmm. and golf dot com, Luke Curdenine. Uh If you spend any time uh, in our social in our social channels or on our website, you see that Luke over the past six weeks or so that he's been with us, he just hit the ground running. He's posting every day. He's digging in deep with our Swing AI app. 
um, analyzing pro swings, looking for kind of clever takes on destruction. And he just killed it in the book. I and think he has a great British said, accent. He's got a funny British accent. Oh yeah, I, I think it's charming. <laughs> people, people on the podcast who who often listen to us, they occasionally get Luke through their earbuds, and I know it's always a, a treat for them. So. Luke, if you're listening, you, you did a great job with the section. Yeah, and he's getting married. And he's getting married. Yeah, we can leave it at that. Thank you, gentlemen, for both joining me here and also for for creating a great magazine. Man, we got more coming. That's right. Early February, the new golf.com, about as fantastic looking as the the issue that we hope you'll enjoy. Um, come next week on Newsstand. This is obviously just the start. Um, big things coming from our brand here, Golf Magazine, Golf.com. Thanks to both of those guys for joining. And uh, yeah, do them a favor. Go and buy that magazine. It's good. It's really good. Subscribe. You'll enjoy it. I guarantee it. Until next time, I'm your host, Sean Zock. <laughs>